The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, weekdays 9 a.m. till midday. So we're going to switch gears lightly uh, before we round up the show and take a look at the latest research then uh, being conducted in, to particular, in particular into tuberculosis. The South African Medical Research Council saying that uh, tuberculosis remains an epidemic in the country. The National TB Prevalence Study was conducted uh, since 2018 and the findings of that study were released this month. Our guest is Professor Martin. Van der Waal. She is co-principal investigator of the survey and director of the tuberculosis platform at the South African Medical Research Council. Professor Van der Waal, good morning to you. Yes, good morning, Cassie, and thank you for the opportunity to talk on your show. It's a pleasure to have you on. Let's talk about then the National TB Prevalence Survey. How was it conducted? This is uh, um my nationwide survey that we say we conduct conducted at community level community level meaning going to people in their communities where they live and going to their houses it was not conducted in hospitals or at, at any um, other place where people would gather our target was 55,000 people from 15 years and above and we covered them in a certain geographically demarcated area mm. and all of this was based on very very sound and international statistical procedures it took us um over a year to work through the country systematically and mm. to conduct the survey now during the survey what are the kinds of questions that you were asking people and were you actively trying to find those who were living in communities with tb but could well have been unaware well that's um exactly the purpose um of the survey and you phrased it really very well i think (laughs) you should do that but yes we would so in a in the community, one would um, find undetected or undiagnosed TB. We know in clinics if one has signs and symptoms of any disease, one mm. would go to the clinic. But we know that we underdiagnose and undefined TB in the country. So that's why one go out into the community. We went to people's households and we asked them various questions, socioeconomic questions. As we know, we need to know how 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 the epidemic look in the country and for people with signs and symptoms at what what level of income where are they are living in what houses so we ask them general social demographic questions and then also in depth questions about signs and symptoms of tb so the signs and symptoms of tb varies many people don't know it we ask about hiv and then we ask about what we call health seeking behavior mm. other words in the past if you had symptoms like this did you go for care or if you now have tb symptoms why haven't you done haven't you yet gone for care um, so we, we grouped it in ages and male, female. So we found all that much more detail, but we did, it was an extensive questionnaire where we asked people risk factors about TB. In terms of the results, what do they tell us about the prevalence of TB in our communities? 
So there's as well good as bad news. And the prevalence mm-hmm. survey usually gives one a better picture of what's going on in the country, far more accurate than it usually. The, the, the picture it sketches is worse than what we we record through our health system. But that's what prevalence surveys are about. Are about. One would expect more TB in a community than in a clinic. So, of course, first of all, the bad news. Uh, the bad news is that we estimate that for every 100,000 in the population, we will find 737 um, people newly infected with TB. Mm. So that's across all ages and across all types of TB. Not all TB is pulmonary. One can get it in any other organ of the body, and that's why it's really... Um, and a, an organism that causes the the mortality and morbidity. So that was an expected finding. Mm-hmm. Um, well, um, it's more than we knew we had. There was also um, some very positive news in terms of the what what has been the impact of the government's HIV. Uh, testing and IRB rolling out programs. So amongst HIV positive persons, we found much less TB than amongst HIV negative people. Mm. So it tells us, first of all, that HIV and, and positive individuals, they are really protected from TB. However, I think we've neglected the population that's HIV negative they're not as prone for um, HIV. We don't test them as such. So um, on the one hand, it's good news. It shows that our HIV and IOB program works, and that's why um, that's that's excellent news. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. in future, we need to focus on or make, create more awareness on people who um, d- um, are not infected with HIV, so mm. we should also actually start designing for um, all people a comprehensive TB screening package, not only for those that we believe that are high risk for TB. Professor van der Waalt, that, 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 you know, that, that finding that you've just spoken about there is quite interesting because about if we were talking 10 years ago, HIV and TB seem to be very uh, closely linked and that, you know, oftentimes uh, people who were diagnosed with HIV and were experiencing certain symptoms uh, would automatically be thought to be suffering from TB as well. Oh, yes. If we look back at um, 10 years ago, we Mm. would have found much more TB Mm. than now. Mm. Uh, As we we know, our HIV program worked and it it had a positive impact on on TB, even though we found now more, because we see much much lower mortality, HIV-related mortality amongst our TB patients. So going back um, 10 years ago, we would have found much more TB. We would have found that the proportion of TB patients who die from HIV would have been much higher. So, yes, um, HIV and TB were back back 
20 years ago described as the perfect storm. Mm, mm. Um, it remains, if I can say, a storm or a bad weather <laughs> phenomenon. But um, we in South Africa, um, as a country, high burden country, middle income, we've we are actually a, a, a very good example to the world of what, of what could be reached. How concerned are you about the fact that the highest prevalence of TB was in the age groups of 35 to 44, which we know is also part of the group that is supposed to be economically active. But of course, if you look at the unemployment numbers, they'll tell you a different story. But the point is that this is the next generation of this country. Oh, yes. So that's, in a sense, it's very worrying and disconcerting. So if we look at that economically active part of the population, if an individual were at the time when we did the survey were healthy and employed, they most probably didn't have TB. They, we also wouldn't have found them at their house. Because you will find if, if it's an economically active person who, who has some kind of employment during the day, they won't be there. They will be at work. And we, although we try to accommodate, accommodate people to extend our working hours over weekends mm-hmm. as well as after hours. So the people that you would find at home at any given time, of course, are either unemployed or they have an other means of income or they are sick. Um, so we, uh, that's why we believe that amongst that economically active population, you would find more TB. Mm. It's the same as one do this kind of a survey on flu in the winter time. The mm. people at the office will most probably not have flu, but if you go to the home, you would actually find mm. more more mm. flu mm. amongst them. Mm. You know, of course, research like this plays a a, a crucial role in that in in many respects, this is often what can be used to inform and and direct government policy. So so what happens now? What what do you do with the findings of the study? So a prevalence survey, um, the planning of it takes a couple of years and then the survey one should do within a year and then it's what we call the data analysis phase, which could take quite a long time. So South Africa were able to do it in a very, very short time. And we were able to present the findings already in 2019 to government. Mm. However, presenting the findings as such, the raw findings, doesn't mean anything. Government now need to respond to this. First of all, they know now where the budget for TB control need to go. We need to focus on the uh, the youth, the elderly, say males have certain um, needs. We need to make use of new diagnostic tools to find more TB. We need to inform people about the signs of symptoms of TB. So only once where you have this data, then government can go over and say, now I need to redirect resources to this and to that and to that. So the policy, it's easy to make recommendations, but then government, of course, need to 
take this and rework it into money and into other resources, which mm. is not something that that happens in, in any um, country. In other countries, um, it could take a number of years. <laughs> well, it took in our case years mm. for mm. the survey findings to become available, but that was due to the unique situation around COVID. Mm. However, in other countries, it took more than five years, not really that, but it could take years, mm. three, four years before government has the, has the findings and then um, implement mm. new policy. One of the things that, that this, of course, also reminds us of is that while South Africa is facing COVID-19, you know, the, the other diseases haven't stopped. So TB didn't end with COVID. HIV didn't end with, with COVID. And, you know, some of the, uh, you know, the, the issues around the mortality rate, those didn't end with COVID either. Do you think that we are going to see a level of regression when it comes in particular to awareness around, uh, you know, diseases such as TB simply because of the kind of attention that, we're putting on COVID, and, and rightfully so, because it's the moment that we're in. Yes, you're, you have that summed up, and the question and conclusions that you've made, Kathy, again, is, is perfectly correct. We focus now so much on COVID um, that we forget about the signs and the symptoms of TB and actually other respiratory diseases. We believe there might also be some stigma around COVID, because um, uh, when you, once you get a sore throat or starting or coughing, you act, might actually hide it to other people as you don't have that, that access to, um, mm. to, to testing or you don't want people next to you know that you're actually coughing mm. sphere of mm. infection. Mm. But that all will have a hugely detrimental effect on, on, on the respiratory diseases, TB specifically once. COVID um, is no more a pandemic in the world. Professor Marty van der Waal, let me thank you so much for your time today. She is the co-principal investigator of uh, the survey and director of the tuberculosis platform at the South African Medical Research Council. Stigma, as she's saying there, is such a big issue, even around COVID-19, you know, the experience of being in public, needing to cough, and you just feel like you can't cough. And if you cough, everybody around you is going to be watching you. Like, what is wrong with this person? Why are you not at home? It's midday. I'm getting ready to hand over to Sakina Kamwendo. And Sakina, I wonder if this has happened to you too, you know, when you're out in public and just becoming more aware of just <clears throat> needing to clear your throat, but feeling like this, I might not be able to do it now. It might not be appropriate. <laughs> when last did you hear anyone cough, Kathy? <laughs> It's horrible, but it's the stigma, right? As it Professor Marty van der Waal is saying, it's stigma because we also become aware of it. And I must say, I probably do it as well. If somebody is coughing, I probably move a couple of steps away because I'm like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen next. You know, my daughter was telling me she um, went down to the local spa and she said she sneezed and mm. everybody stopped and they looked at her. <laughs> She came uh, back none the happiest, like, no, mommy, no. Uh, COVID trauma, <laughs> I tell you. COVID tra trauma. Anyway, Sakina, over to you. Thanks, Kathy.